In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. You may be seated. My dear friends, this morning's readings are drawing us into the suffering of Jesus our Savior. Six months before Holy Week, we are hearing the suffering servant prophecy from Isaiah 53, in which we are reminded of the details of Jesus' suffering. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, and as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. To this you were called, writes Peter, commenting on this mysterious passage, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving an example for you to follow in his steps. This business of sharing in the suffering of Christ is the teaching of the gospel and the teaching of today's scripture passages. As Christians, we cannot escape it. Suffering is central to the gospel we believe in and our daily Christian experience as we take up our cross and follow Jesus. Paul discovers this soon after his conversion to Christ. Blinded by the light from heaven, he finds his way into Antioch where he is given this message from the Lord. I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Later, he preaches to the new Christians in Lystra, encouraging them with these words, through much suffering, we must enter the kingdom of God. Today's, in today's gospel, we see the disciples walking with Jesus on the four-day walk to Jerusalem for the feast of the Passover. The group stops in towns along the way to allow Jesus to heal and to teach. And as they approach Jerusalem, Jesus talks more intimately to those closest to him, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and after three days rise again. They wonder if Jesus is about to make his move, and as Messiah, he will then take over Jerusalem, Rome, and the whole world. The long-promised kingdom is about to be established, they imagine. And so James and John take Jesus aside privately and ask him for the top spots in the soon-coming kingdom. Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. We want to be your right and left, at your right and left, punishing the bad guys and honoring the good guys. But Jesus responds saying, Are you able to drink the cup that I drink or be baptized with the baptism with which I am baptized? One could paraphrase with, you are asking to participate in my glory, but you don't realize that glory and suffering come in the same swallow. 
Is that really what you want? James and John say yes. They are ready to suffer. Now it is true, they don't know what they are saying. But they do say yes. My dear friends, since we are called to suffer with Jesus, we too must say yes to suffering. The question comes to us, what suffering? We have all our basic needs met. We live in a free and a rich country, so what suffering are we called to? How do we suffer with Jesus? Jesus' love made him suffer. We who are following Jesus' example suffer because we love. Christian psychiatrist Gerald May writes it this way, Bearing love is painful. To love means to long, and longing hurts. We may find our love is not returned, or we may lose our loved ones, or we may suffer when those whom we love are suffering. Beyond these aches and losses, however, love brings a still deeper pain. The simple experience of pure love is so beautiful, so wondrous, so awesome, that just to feel it fully can be unbearable. This becomes obvious when we face the overwhelming depth of God's direct love for us. So much of the book of Hebrews is addressing this Christian suffering. The author interpreting Old Testament scripture is interpreting Old Testament scripture so that his readers will hear the voice of Jesus in the teaching of Moses and the prophets. In chapter 4, he uses Psalm 95 to help us understand by listening to Jesus that by listening to Jesus, we can enter into God's Sabbath rest. He says, today if you will hear his voice, and he repeats that. And then he exhorts us to make every effort to enter into that rest so that we will not fall. It is in that context that he tells us how we hear God's voice. The word of God, he says, is living and active. It's sharper than any to, to a double-edged sword. It pierces even to dividing the soul and spirit, the joints and the marrow. It judges the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and exposed before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. Can we see the implications of these words? The word here is much more than the Bible. The Bible is full of words that point to the word himself. The word is Christ in us. Today, if you will listen to his voice, the voice of Christ in you, the hope of glory, you will suffer with Christ. You will realize that in that, that presence, you will realize that that presence is like a sword cutting out the desire 
for anything less than God himself. One day Tom woke up and said to himself, It has been a long time since I visited Mom. I think I'll take a couple of hours away from my work and take her for a ride in the country. He drove over to the nursing home. Excuse me. He drove over to the nursing home he had put her in a few years back and helped to put her into the car. And for a while, they drove along quietly. Finally, finally Tom asked, how are you doing, Mom? And staring out the window, she began talking very quietly and calmly. I've become aware recently that I've lost everything. I lost your father ten years ago. I lost my figure and my pretty face. My hair is falling out. My teeth are falling out and my skin is baggy. I can no longer see well, so reading is a great effort. I have lost my appetite, and I take no pleasure in eating. I've also lost my friends, most of whom have died or have been put away in nursing homes. She paused. Then turning, she looked at him and smiled. Tom, I feel so free. Paul came to this same place of freedom in Christ. He writes, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death. We do not ask for suffering. It comes to us just as the cross came to Jesus. Our Hebrews passage concludes this way. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hearing that, we realize that this whole chapter has been about prayer. Our requests are simple. We need grace and mercy. We need faith that Christ is really in us. We need help to desire nothing else in all creation but the love of our Father God made abundantly available through Christ. We trust that our high priest, we trust the, our high priest in the same way Isaac trusted his father even as the two-edged sword of sacrifice was raised over his heart. The invitation of Jesus in this chapter is to find rest in him as we take up our cross and join him on the altar of sacrifice. Jesus is not only the high priest performing the sacrifice, but the lamb without spot and blemish who is the sacrifice. Lying on the altar, 
He is right there with us. No, we are there with him. Henri Nouwen helps us understand this experience. Prayer, he said, is far from sweet and easy. Being the expression of our greatest love, it does not keep pain away from us. Instead, it makes us suffer more since our love for God is a love for a suffering God. And our entering into God's intimacy is an entering into the intimacy where all human suffering is embraced in divine compassion. To the degree that our prayer has become the prayer of our heart, we will love more and suffer more. We will see more light and more darkness, more grace and more sin, more of God and more of humanity. To the degree that we have descended into our heart and reached out to God from there, solitude can speak to solitude, deep to deep, and heart to heart. It is there where love and pain are found together. William Blake seems to see this as our purpose for being here. He writes, We are put on earth a little space that we may learn to bear the beams of love. A couple of years ago, I had to undergo open-heart surgery for a quadruple bypass. And as I waited for the planned operation, I found myself becoming more and more anxious about it. Sitting quietly in prayer, it was difficult not to imagine the surgeons cutting down to get at my heart. And after a few days of this disturbance, I finally turned to Jesus and told him of my fears. I got a clear, immediate, and a very gracious response. Jim, he said, can you sense my presence right now? Yes, Lord, I can. And it is very comforting. I am so grateful. Do you think I will not be just as present with you when the surgeons are at work? That assurance changed everything. My anxiety was greatly reduced, and it stayed that way throughout the ordeal. Knowing the presence that never leaves or forsakes us begins with learning how to be still and listen to the inner voice. We recognize that we have nothing to give unless it's given to us. So we wait, looking inward to Christ in us, the hope, the, our only hope of glory. Thanking God for his presence, we look calmly and quietly at all we have lost in exchange for the one thing necessary. David Benner, speaking in psychological terms, helps us to know what goes on in this stillness and prayer. Contemplative prayer, he says, assumes a posture of knowing openness. It remains vulnerable before the moment, the event, the person, before it divides and tries to conquer or control it. In contemplation, we refuse to create false dichotomies, dividing the field for the sake of quick comfort of our ego. 
We do not rush to polarity thinking to take away our mental anxiety. This listening prayer is an exercise in keeping our hearts and mind spaces open long enough for the mind to see the hidden material. It is content with the naked now and waits for futures given by God in grace. My friends, today if you will listen to his voice, say yes when Jesus offers his cup of suffering. It is the cup of love.